0: Hey there, this is country rocker Susie Corey wishing you a very special Father's Day while I'm listening to the David Bowers Awards.
1: And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers.
2: Well, thank you very much there, John Bon Jovial, and thank you, listeners, for joining us once again for a very special show this week. We have another album preview special from our old friend Tom Ticka, who has sent us tracks from his brand new album. We're going to be talking with Tom about the album Rainbows and Dead Flowers. But first, I want to let you listen to a track from the new album. It's called What Comes Around Goes Around.
0: You don't know the damage you've done Though I'm not left on the ground, This avalanche is launching through my mind lives that got separate, baby, feeling so incarcerated, baby. wondering if we should still give it a try, but baby.
2: Tom Ticka, what comes around, goes around from his brand new album, Rainbows and Dead Flowers. Tom Ticka, come on in, join us, and let's talk about Rainbows and Dead Flowers. The song or the album? Yes. (laughs) Let's, Let's talk about the album first, since that's what we're doing here
3: today. Give us an idea about the album and what you had in mind. Well, it 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 took a long time to write and record, and I think three years all in all. I was doing a lot of the a lot of, a lot of the other solo stuff that's come out when I was recording this. Um, I wanted to get everything right, and I think the whole album was born out of frustration um, on many different levels. I think it's a it's an album about a broken heart, you know, and um, how difficult love is, how difficult life is in general, all sorts of different situations. All these songs were, um, you know, I had 30 songs that I chose from or basically that could have ended up on the album. And just narrowing it down to the twelve that I finally felt most comfortable with, or somehow that I felt that the song be- songs belong together. I think that's an important part when you're putting an l p or an album together' There's no LPs anymore. but <laughs> but an album together is that the songs kind of belong. you know, so I tried to have, for example, these sort of things that I, I tried to have acoustic guitars on all of the songs, a little bit of piano here and piano there, so that it sound would sound like a true singer songwriter album. You know, it was a long process, and, and I tried to make each track these this time sort of meaningful in terms of the lyrics, in terms of the sound. I worked on each of them uh, for three months. So, I mean...
2: This was really a songwriter's album as opposed to a thematic album.
3: Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. And, you know, it, it's... Um, for example, that song's me doing Elton John. You know, so... When my dad passed away three or four years ago, three and a half years ago, um, I got all his old LPs, so I'd be listening to them a lot. Just you know, because they carried so many memories. And I'd I'd be listening to Elton John one day, and I thought, you know, it's I want to do something like this, small townish pop flavored track, and and that's how a lot of the tracks on this uh, album were born. I was writing my book that came out a couple of months ago, and so it was sort of intertwined. It was you know, stuff that I had going on in the back of my mind. And, and you're right. It's kind of, it's a Tom Tick album for sure.
2: Gotcha. And I'm glad you did go back to that because I was going to have you go back and tell us about that, uh, about uh, what, Comes around, goes around. I had an old expression that we grew up with, which was the opposite. of what goes around, comes around. So every time I go to mention that song title, I almost <laughs> get them backwards. But uh, hey, you can understand that, and nobody tries to understand me anyway. Speaking of someone nobody tries to understand, John Bon Jovial, oh, you're sitting there all too quietly.
1: Well, you know, I'm just in rapt fascination of... Uh, of, of your prose and 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 your prowess of of, of yak <laughs> but uh no seriously tom welcome back to the show it really is very nice to be able to sit down and talk to you again and my question my main question for you about the album is that it, it sounds like a self-generated collaboration but did you bring in any outside people to try to influence you
3: in the way that you have put this together i think i've I brought in quite a few people. First off, um, most of the songs I wrote with the lyrics, I collaborated um, on with uh, my former bandmate from the Impersonators, uh, Anti Audio. And um, <clears throat> something new is, is that's, that's my own lyric, but all the other ones, when it came time to uh, polish the lyrics or finish them, I'd usually I'd have one verse and one chorus, and then brought auntie in and we finished them off and so from that perspective i think that you know there were a lot of people my i took all, all the songs that i wrote first um to feel gardner um the label owner um, of my band of music records and 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 my wife who's always the uh executive producer on my stuff you know just asked her opinion on the songs. she's like does this sound good is it Better than the one you heard yesterday, and what will you do with the arrangement? And she's very musical, so she'd be able to say things like, you know, I want to put strings here, and you know, replay the piano a bit because you know, piano should be doing this and that here and there. And so, so yeah, there were a lot of people that I brought in because it just it took a long while. First off, you know, how do you narrow down thirty songs to twelve? You know, gotta ask people's opinion because I I love them all, and I think. You need the distance. You know, maybe if I had had three more years, I could have done something else in between <laughs> and then come back to the 30 songs. But you also want to move forward and keep moving sure. forward. And I think, yeah, quite a few people. It's so, you know, it's weird. I've often gone, gone to say that uh, a lot of these folks that work with me on these records, Yanis on my producer, somebody I haven't mentioned yet, they're every bit as much Tom Tika as I am, you know, if that makes sense.
2: Well, I'm glad you didn't wait another three years because we wouldn't have had a show today, and that would be <laughs> <laughs> that would be tragic, of course. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned your wife's input. Let me ask you a personal question, if I may. I know you have children. How do your children feel about what you're doing, and how do they factor into your
3: activity? Well, you know, uh, a lot of the, there's there's a song on 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 the album called Fire and Ice. And that's about my kids playing pirates. We were, you know, at our summer cottage a couple of years ago and they were playing in the bunk bed, you know, pretending that it's a pirate ship. That story found its way in the lyric. And, you know, in terms of what my kids, my kids feel about me making music, it's <laughs> I'm not sure if they like my stuff. You know, some of them do. But it's weird because their friends at school know who I am and they, <clears> you know, they listen to my music. And so my kids always say that, you know, a normal dad. And I think that they've listened to, I've been, they've been exposed to what I'm doing so much and to music because I'm constantly listening to music anyway. But mm-hmm. I think I have six kids and I th- three of them are making music now. They're very musical. They're into it just the way I am. And three just really want to stay away from music altogether. They, they say <laughs> they've heard enough to last a lifetime, which is a pity. But I get that, you know, because yeah, sometimes but... I've been mixing albums with my six-year-old on my lap and and my wife and I are writing together, so there's piano downstairs. There's music on all the time. So, and it's like with everything in life, it can go either way. And each of the kids have their
2: own personalities too. So uh, I would uh, I would be surprised if they all fell in line and felt exactly the same about what you're doing. But it's interesting to understand that uh, when you're talking with a musician, a songwriter, that there's so many so many outside factors that figure into what he or she is doing. And I was just curious to how your kids figured it in. It it sounds like they are each, in their own way, very actively involved in what you're doing. And that's a good thing, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, yeah. John, you have a a comment. Just a follow-up question more than a comment. uh, And that is, when Tom Ticka is not writing music, when you're not concentrating on your own arrangements, when you're not worrying about contractual obligations with your producers what do you relax to what do you listen to when you're not involved with your own thing
3: i don't know um i love the beatles obviously i mean if if, you know but sometimes it's a lot of the times it's obscure stuff like an australian band called the go-betweens i don't know if you guys know who they are a british band called the river detectives because you know by the time i was 20 something i had listened to all the queen albums about a thousand times the beatles the stones i still love them but um artists that a lot of people have no idea who they are and i'm just wondering what i just listened to uh, the go-betweens yes but um is this british band called a girl called eddie And and it's fantastic. A boy named Sue, a girl called Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I think I've heard of her. Yeah, Yeah. it's a fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's a fantastic album that they. I can't remember the name of the album, but I mean, it's yeah. So a lot of the stuff I I just kind of I try to find things that I haven't heard yet. About I have about four thousand CDs downstairs, and so I still collect CDs. I know. People stream music these days And I think my kids think I'm crazy um, To be honest with you But that's how I listen to my music I I have a CD player in the kitchen CD player up here in my studio CD player in the library downstairs Hard Hard copies are still nice to have yeah, and not all the stuff is in Spotify and it keeps disappearing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they take stuff out to be able to add more stuff in. And then, sure. you know, some of the stuff, especially the the, the albums that aren't that well-known, they they're, they might be on Spotify for a year, but then they might be gone for good. So I think, you know, th- those those kinds of things you want to have on your shelf to be able sure. to return to them.
1: And, uh, I still have my vinyl collection. I probably have... Seven hundred Lps uh you know stashed away in the closet and I do pull them out from time to time and uh, thanks to my wife we probably have I'm not exaggerating close to three thousand cds she's a she's a blues junkie she just can't get enough of the blues so. Uh, John Lee Hooker and Muddy Waters are very prevalent in in our
2: house. I was talking with a follower online just the other day about this very subject and the fact that, uh, you know, CDs are becoming passe and less extant. And she said that, uh, you know, they're going to disappear. And I said, yeah, until somebody decides to revive them as they have the, the vinyl discs now. Which is a big thing. The vinyl's making a comeback, well, and sure, I
1: still it's... think that vinyl's got a better sound than uh, digital. Anyway, that it's just that warmth of that of analog.
2: And there's a be, it, I think. Yeah, it can't be. You don't get in digital. Yeah, it's... yeah. There's a presence you don't get in digital. Yeah,
1: digital is too clean, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Too sterile. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I I tend to agree with it, Tom. What's your thought?
3: Well, it depends on how you how you make the albums, I suppose. You know, it... I think a lot of the modern pop, you get that sterile sound is because there are no real instruments. I think mm-hmm. digital recording has allowed us to basically have just one keyboard and create the entire album with just one keyboard. Whereas in the olden times, um, you'd go in and you'd have the drummer and the bass player and the guitarist and they'd be developing a groove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they would be the chemistry between them and and and, and you'd be... You know, you'd have microphones. You, there's Here's where the analog, the true analog experience really comes in. You kind of tape everything as they're playing in the studio. Nowadays, even if you have the real instruments, you're just kind of um, hooking your instruments up with the uh, computer and uh, having a go at it.
2: And therein lies a couple of other great conversations, one of which is the discussion of AI and music, which uh, we just did a show on a few weeks ago with Grant Malloy-Smith, an Americana artist, uh, about AI and its uh, use and uh, its part of the music business. And also, the other discussion is, what happens with all of these artists when everything is digital and uh, something we could go on for a long time with? But we're here to talk about your album, rainbows and dead flowers and i think since we've already discussed the album to quite
3: an extent we should share the title cut was my favorite song on the album that's i think that that song started it all that's when i realized that i want to make an album that's called rainbows and Dead flowers um it's the songs about life's disappointments i think um i i would change so much if i could travel back in time you know and and you know the line, heroes sometimes fall. It comes from the heart. And I think, you know, if if you're somebody like me, your life philosophy is going to be, you know, you just keep going. That's what my dad always said. It doesn't matter what life does to you. You know, there's no time to cry. There's, it's not. The crying never helped anyone. Just when you're in hell, keep going. And and I think, you know, it's. I, I a couple of years ago, I, I reached a, a point in my life where I had. I don't know, there was too much stuff in the basement because whenever something bad had happened, I just kind of, sh- just, you know, swallowed it, didn't want to talk about yeah, it, true. just, you know. Yeah. Let's climb the next mountain, right? And I uh, found myself, you know, head in hands and crying and, and realizing that, you know, I, I got to start dealing with this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, as the first time of this just probably five years ago. Um, I booked a time with a shrink and started talking and I think you know Rainbows and Dead Flowers came out of that and i think you talked about artificial intelligence right and and i think that i feel very very misplaced in in the world as it is right now with all the social media everything happening i don't understand it i'm not sure i i'm i'm a great fan i think i think it's all gone a bit crazy i think people nowadays and it's not just about social media i think mentality has changed i when I when the way my parents brought me up was that you know you work hard to achieve stuff and you're always in everything for the long haul whether it be the album you're making your marriage your career raising your children um, but I think nowadays people want everything fast and they you know they want to have their cake and yeah. eat it too I think I was just talking to a younger colleague at work who 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 was flabbergasted that. Uh, He can't have everything. He can't have wife and kids and travel for work and live abroad alone. And, and when you know, to me, that all sounds like crazy. Because, you know, whenever, you know, every choice in life, as my grandma used to put it, comes with a price tag around its neck. You know, and so if you get married, it means you can't go off on your own Mm -hmm. anywhere. Leave your wife and kids and come back when it best suits you and expect to still have a family. And I think there's a there's i think people have gone crazy that way it's all about what you're entitled you know for in life as opposed to having these things that you got to do for other people and you can't walk down multiple paths at the same time no i mean, it's that's that's it and i think that you know i i think there's great wisdom in, in that old phrase that you know before you exploit anything like your country for example you got to serve it and the same thing i think Is true for relationships You know, you can't just keep taking You've got to give as well True for music, true for everything that you do
2: Exactly, and here it is Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Ticka With the title from his brand new album Rainbows and Dead Flowers
0: and don't mean a thing My jeans don't fit my skin No wonder my phone doesn't ring My hair is out of date I tweet a day too late My Marvel moon is on a spin Uh I doze it out to you a story based anxiety and yeah, I believe rainbows and dead flowers Die of thirst. So guys like me just learn to bleed. Uh huh. Doze it out to you and me. The story based anxiety. Yet yeah, I.
2: Rainbows and Dead Flowers. We're talking with Tom Ticka from uh, his latest album of the same title. Tom, comments
3: on that song after listening to it. Well, I, it, it took forever to, you know, ever to write and forever to record because there's so much happening in it. I love the... Uh, the bit that I love the most is the sort of... Um, the Russian type of middle age where I use electric guitar sort of in this balalaika like fashion, you know? And, and I think um that was that that was the hardest bit to record and to mix because you have to have all those instruments exactly playing Lennon's, the right things and at the right levels
2: that was an interesting sound which brings to mind a question that i had why did you do that
3: well i was listening to john lennon a lot and and i think that he's got those bits in his songs happiness is warm gone for example uh, which is featured on the White Album. And and I think there's a song that, you know, it starts off as kind of a Latter-day Beatles track. It could go anywhere, but all of a sudden it goes into this heavy bit where he sings that, you know, um, he's going back to the bits he left uptown. And I always wanted to achieve that with a song where you really don't know what's going to happen next at all. Because most songs, even if they're surprising, you kind of you kind of know what's going to happen. You have you have a hunch, but in this case, a sort of a countryish flavored song becomes um, I don't know. It goes into maybe alt rock a little bit and experimental stuff, and and I I, I wanted to have that bit there just. I knew it was going to make the song an album track rather than a single, but it didn't matter because I I just wanted to go crazy creative with that.
2: Well, it was very, very original, and you're right. It does kind of, all of a sudden, slap your side of the face and say, hey, guess what? John Bon Jovi, your comments. Album tracks, in many cases, I think are better than the singles.
1: Uh, But, uh, you know, I can think back uh, a couple of different instances. The Grateful Dead and Truckin', which was a huge hit for them. But there's so many other cuts on that record that I personally think are better. And the same can be said with a lot of the stuff that Tommy James and the Shondells did. You know, their album cuts are, are, you know, they're they're creative. The stuff that that made Top 40 Radio back in the day was stuff that had a formula to it. We know that if you do it this way in this progression with these chord changes, the kids are going to love you. And it worked. But then the band's creative side comes out in some of the album cuts that uh, never got any airplay until album-oriented rock came along back in the late 60s, and that changed up everything. So all of a sudden, some of the album cuts were becoming maybe a little bit more mainstream. But as far as what you're doing here, Tom, and uh, you know the effort that you're putting into this, I personally want to hear more of the album side, more of the cuts that, you know, not the B
2: side, but maybe the C or the D side.
1: That's that's what, that's what I want to hear.
2: <laughs> and you're going to hear more. <laughs> Tom has graced us with five great tracks from this. The only problem I had with the five tracks was deciding what order to play them in. And uh, the next one we're going to go to, a perfect follow-up. To the title tune rainbows and dead flowers kind of either leads to or perhaps comes from a dead end romance tom what'd you have in mind with dead
3: end romance well that's another song about a broken heart I, I you know when i was going through uh through the songs that i sent you i i realized that i write these a lot <laughs> I, um... <laughs> But it's a great rock track. I think it's one of my better ones. It's got wah-wah, which, which was once my signature sound. San Francisco is mentioned there in the lyric. I bring in the Golden Gate Bridge, and, you know, it's where I grew up, obviously. Anyway, this song is uh, really, it's 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 not as much about love as it is about not knowing when to break up. Because I think, you know, relationships are tricky. They're very tricky. My son's moving in with, with his girlfriend, and they're deeply in love, and... You know, I love watching them together. They're having a great time. As a dude who's gone through a whole lot, I'm always concerned for my kids because I think lots of times what starts out great can turn sour later on. The problem that people have is that you invest so much in these marriages, in these relationships, that even by the time you realize it's not going to be any good staying together, you know, that it's going to be terrible, it's going to be heartbreaking. You're both kind of like busy even if it's just subconsciously hurting each other But it's still hurting each other Sure, There's resentment But by the time you've put in 10 years Or 15 years or even 20 years The problem is that people don't even want to let go Because just like in investment You want bang for your buck You don't want to see it go to waste mm-hmm. And I think this is the thing that I've tried to teach my kids That when you realize that it's not going to work Don't continue Just mm-hmm. turn, you know, move on Turn the next page Make yourself happy because I think life goes by so fast. Boom! You kind of close your eyes. You're 30. You close your eyes, um, and all of a sudden you're 50. And 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 I think you know if if you waste your time with the wrong the wrong people or people that you know are wrong for you, when are you going to meet the person that's who's right? 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 Yeah. And 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 as
2: a parent, it's a very thin line for you because you have to tread that line and decide. Okay, when do I let my kid go out and experience life so that he or she gets to understand and be able to cope with it? And when do I step in and protect my child uh thin
3: line there? it's a dangerous area anyway and i you know as long as they're happy which they are and in love great you know maybe it'll continue yeah. forever but but you know it's it's you know reflecting on your own experiences and that's what all parents are doing you're looking at what your kids are doing and, and you're probably scared for nothing but we all know everybody was present here right now today in this show we we know we know that you know being in love and building a life with someone that's a long road it's, it's not just beer and skittles you know and <laughs> and 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 there's nothing more that can be said about that and i it's too bad really because you know it's in the end it's it could be our greatest resource but ultimately for many people if you look at the statistics it ends up being a bitter disappointment you know
1: i can can remember years ago uh when my daughter was a teenager and i used (laughs) to embarrass the hell out of her but you know when she occasionally bought you know brought the, the boyfriend home to you know to meet the parents or whatever and uh and I was always very, you know, tried to be as charming as I could with the kid, which for me sometimes is difficult. I would look at the young man and, you know, it's nice to meet you. Well, hey, what are you guys going to do tonight? Uh, you know, what, um, you know, what part of town do you live in? You know, this kind of thing. And towards the end of the conversation, I literally, a couple of times, said to uh, uh, said to a prospective boyfriend. Uh, I have absolutely no problem going to jail. (laughs) And I was serious about that. That's the verbal shotgun. And and, uh, nothing happened. And and I don't know if that had a telling effect on the relationship uh, and how it went forward, or if it was just viewed as a comedic threat. Uh, but at the
2: time it seemed like a perfectly reasonable thing to say to the kid <laughs> <laughs> that being said i think it's time to move on to this next track which we have had a uh, wonderful discussion about here's tom tikka from his latest album rainbows and dead flowers here is dead end romance
0: I recall the days we met, the night would fall and dreams were spent. You were always on the front, I was just your sitting son, and we both knew there was never any chance. That we might have been something more than it did in remain <laughs>
2: end romance tom Ticka from rainbows and dead flowers and before we go any further in their discussion of the tracks from this album tom what's the schedule for the album
3: i haven't really figured this out yet with the label but the album and the second single are most likely going to come out in september there's a couple of collaborations that are going to come out um before that uh, one is with with a band british band called will jack and a song called Overnight Sensation, which we worked on very hard, as a matter of fact, and it's going to come out in July. So my release is going to be pushed back a bit because of that. But yeah, in September.
2: Okay, and something new is the first track released, and we are going to play that, which I arbitrarily selected as the final track for our session here today, uh, because I thought... One, it's the new track and it'd give us a chance to plant that seed firmly in the listeners' minds. And I also thought it was a rather upbeat and positive way of ending this session here today. So we will be playing something new after we finish grilling you for every little bit of information we can squeeze out of your head there. John Bon Jovial, come on in here and get back in the conversation. Wake up <laughs> <laughs> as, just as long as you don't say little Susie, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little uh, self-congratulatory. Have uh, my joke. Well, hey, listen. He, he salutes uh, Elton John. You can salute the Everly Brothers. What there the you heck? Go. We all got there our go. That's, That's right,
1: right. <laughs> Tom. Now that all, all these horrendous things are behind us—Covid and, and the threats that are going on in you know the uh, in Eastern Europe and all that—seem to be hopefully
3: subsiding a little bit. Do you have plans on touring? Uh, probably not. To be honest with you, I've toured so much in the past insanely so and i think you know having a big family and and going on tour with a rock band they don't really gel and so what i what i've done is um i've done shows here and there um sometimes small gigs in in the uk and 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 in in finland and and spain but um they've been one or two nights here and there and also nowadays i think you know when when you don't tour for a very long time um but rather record stuff and just you become a studio based act then generations change and so you know so far the shows that i've i've done have been kind of sold out but i'm pretty sure that if i planned an extended tour I'd be playing in empty auditoriums because that would mean a whole lot more dates than I have fans for, to be honest with you. But hey, you know, it could be that I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, I I certainly was when I did a bit of touring a year ago. Well,
2: I wouldn't be surprised if you did did pull some draw, but it does bring to mind a question that's another one of these current events questions that we've been talking about. With the emphasis now, the music being diluted with all the downloading and streaming etc as opposed to you know our day we went out to the record store and bought records and if we managed to save our money we bought a pack of them every week but uh, what what's your opinion of the market for music artists moving forward now that the role of music sales is really diminishing
3: well there's two problems that you have with this number one The fact that people self-release, you know, means there's no quality control. I I come from mainstream background. So even when I record myself, whatever it is that I record at home, I'll always bring in the old friends from Sony BMG or Warner that I used to work with, and I ask them to be as harsh on me as humanly possible. I say that I want you to listen to this track, and I want you to tell me what's wrong with it. And I want you to tell me if you think I should leave it off the album. And so I, I always come from that so i i I don't believe in this crazy creative strategy you know artist goes in and knows exactly what's right for the album and is Mm -hmm. so damn talented and he doesn't need anybody else to tell him or set him straight so i don't go for that because i I don't think that anybody possesses that skill really you need those professionals true professionals Mm -hmm. as you know sound engineers people who master your stuff people who mix it with you and so i think quality control is one big issue because everybody can put an album out but the problem is that there's so much stuff like spotify releases what is it fifty thousand songs each day i mean how is anybody going to be found from that big you know lump of music and so on the other hand you know yeah you can release all all, everything everything and anything you want but and and not get discovered but also the ones that do work like me or there's plenty of other dudes who do the same thing and gals and all the major labels you know they don't get paid and so ultimately (laughs) the quality music the 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 amount of quality music will diminish because people aren't going to be able to make a living out of it anymore and and that that's that to me is the most tragic thing that's happening question that Follows that up for me as far as artists
2: are concerned, the artists themselves, from an economic standpoint, how are they going to be able to sustain themselves with the music sales being downplayed? Doesn't that lend credence to the idea of they're going to have to do more on the road to make a living? Yeah, probably.
3: But I think, but I think you know, in terms of a lot of the bands that are out, you know, out out, out there these days. They cut one record and, and, you know, got maybe five people playing in the band, you know, and and once again, I think we should establish if we're talking about indie artists or if we're talking about what I consider to be mainstream artists, because I think mainstream artists will get their songs on movies. They're going to get played on radio and radios are still playing, paying royalties and you can get a living from that. But in terms of indie artists, I, I don't think they're ever going to make any money out of what they're doing. To be honest with you, whether they tour or not, it's not it's not going to happen. Well, music business is not that straightforward. You know, That's I've been true. in it for 30 years.
1: I'm going to follow up on that real quick. David just asked you a question which I was going to, in a, in a derivation, ask. And, and that, of course, is music royalties. And the income that uh, any musician would make back in the day, whether it was the Rolling Stones or the Dave Clark Five or Taylor Swift when she first started. And that is, of course, royalties are paid primarily from radio station airplay. But radio station listenership is way down now because of all the streaming media that's out there, whether you're going to put your music on a, uh, a USB thumb drive and stick it into the stereo in your car or you're going to download music from Spotify or listen to on you know Sirius XM. Back in the day, we had to keep logs when it came time for uh, auditing the radio stations by either you know, ASCAP or BMI, and we had to keep a very strict record of the music that we played to determine how much royalty the station was going to play, re- and so in turn how much you would get paid. How is the artist supposed to make money when stuff is being downloaded and put on a USB stick and nobody has any track of how this music is being sold. Nobody can keep track of where it's going and how many times that it's being listened to. How can this be a good thing for any musician, whether it's a mainstream or an indie artist?
3: No, it's gone. It, it, to answer your question, it's, it's, it's gone. It's, it's, that, that income does not exist anymore. All the mainstream artists would know this Because that's why there's still like Paul McCartney's out there Playing stadiums And um, that's why we're all fighting For you know that spot In the new Hugh Grant movie you know because mm-hmm. that's where that's where the royalties are coming from and you're right radio stations are kind of they're passe as well and i think that to answer your question there's there's really no money to be made in music anymore heck i'm doing it for critical acclaim just stay, you know staying in the game you know i'm 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 one of the fortunate ones because when i started when i was when i was recording and writing for sony bmg that was a different world so you know some of the hits that Carmen gray made back in the day you know i was it made me a lot of money, but yeah. that's not possible anymore these days. That will well, you brought, Today, you brought today, up today it's more in...
1: psychic income than anything else, and psychic income is great,
2: but you need a few of these dollar bills
1: to pay the rent. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you brought up uh, one other factor there that I was going to next, as a matter of fact. The uh, thing that I was going to bring up was spot placement of music, as in movies, TV shows, and stuff like that, how big a factor do you think that's going
3: to be? Well, it's huge, even in commercials. I mean, I remember writing a song for a cell phone commercial 15 years ago that an Idols winner was was performing, and, you know, that was like a year's income for a business dude. It was a huge lump of money, Yeah.
2: Well, I want to move on to our next song because we have already taken care of the dead-end romance and the dead part of the music industry, at least as far as profitability is concerned. So probably in another few hundred years, this will all be scratched on some wall in a cave somewhere in hieroglyphics, which leads us to our next song from the album Rainbows and Dead Flowers. Tom Tickle with Hieroglyphics. (laughs)
0: Must be good, but what a hieroglyph Someone that I can talk talk to
2: Hieroglyphs, Tom Ticka from the album Rainbows and Dead Flowers. Tom, tell us about this tune.
3: Well, I've never understood women at all, and that's what Who this song is about. You know, right? it's, so so for me, trying to read them or understanding them is like trying to read hieroglyphs without any training. And this is as much true for any of the women that I've ever dated. My wife, my mom. It just, I'm I'm not there. I'm not able to. I know I'm getting played, and I um. I've come to accept the fact that that's always going to be the case. But the song is also protesting the fact that I sometimes feel like being in love with somebody is like transaction. You know, I I think, especially nowadays, it's like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I have a friend who used to make millions and supported his wife and his kids for 15 years. Then his business went bankrupt and, and the wife left. You know, on her way out, she said something... To the to the effect that she doesn't want to deal with you know, being poor, you know, and and I think you know that's that's when you hear hear about things like that, you have to wonder what love is about. Obviously, love isn't really. I mean, how do you define love? It's it's an umbrella term for quite a few things like respect mm-hmm. and caring and being kind and warm and and I think you know th- that's the problem. That's what hieroglyphs is about. It's just kind of. That's why I'm saying in the chorus that I really want a love that's blind, you know, in, in, which is my way of saying I want a love that lasts forever, regardless of this petty shit that people go through.
2: And that's uh, I think that is a major part of life as a whole, and uh, definitely uh, interpersonal relationships like love. Uh, everything is give and take, and you you kind of have to look at it as okay. I'm getting, as you said, I'm getting played or whatever, okay, how much am I willing to invest to get the reward, and will I put up, you know, will I put up with the fact that my wife spends too much because I love her, you know, it's it's a balance, a trade-off, and uh, I think uh, that can be related to our life, everything is a trade-off, am I willing to work this hard to get that much
3: money or reward? Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. But I mean, I remember the first time I figured that out, um, I kind of, you know, I, I didn't know how to move forward from that mm. realization. I was a young dude then, but I remember thinking like, so these are like, where's the safety in that? And the answer is there isn't any. Now we're going to go to the track that you had mentioned next,
2: something new, the first release off the album, released June sixteenth of this year. Tell us a little bit more. You touched on it. Tell us about something new.
3: Well, you know, it's about uh, it's about that very sad moment when you realize that what you're doing with somebody, being in love, being married, you know, just not working. And and I think once you reach that point, it's a very sad point. You've got very become very anxious because you realize that there isn't anything that you can say or do to change any of that you know some people get along some don't and we talked about the investment before that everybody wants bang for their buck and they've put in ten years they don't want to break up something new is a positive way of looking at the person you've spent half a you know century with and saying that look um it was great we had our moments but Now it's time for something new, because we're just not happy anymore, and there's nothing either one of us can do. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, Tom Ticker with Something New.
0: Love is just this thing that's always been around, not something new, not something new. two of us. It's hard to find something new, something new. You taught me that some way and some What That's Always been around, not something new. You taught me that some way yes. and some.
2: Something new, Tom Ticka, whom we've had the pleasure of sitting and talking with for the last hour about his brand new album, Rainbows and Dead Flowers, the album we're looking for sometime hopefully early fall. Tom, tell the folks how they can follow
3: you, get in touch with you, and of course, how they can get your music. I think the best place to go to is www.tomticka.com. He's got everything. All the links. You can send me messages through that page. You can find all the links to all the spotify albums everything my bio achievements everything it's it's actually now for the first time all there
2: Fantastic, folks. Drop him a line. Tell him what you think of his music, which ones you like. I know he'll be looking forward to hearing comments about the album when it comes out, too. Tom, we want to thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today. We took an hour out of your family life, and we appreciate you going to that extreme for us and sharing tracks from the album. We look forward to hearing
3: more from you, especially when the album comes out. Thanks for having me on the show. The pleasure was all mine. It's always every bit as much fun as it was the last time. Thanks, and guys. we're always,
2: always happy to have you here. John Bon Jovi, I think it's time to take us home. Wow, this
1: hour went by so quickly. Tom, thank you so much for being with us. It was just great having you here today. Folks, you've done it again. You have spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from our studios in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. And we are available for free on most of the streaming services. Be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZ FM 106.3 on your FM radio dial and Rochester Free Radio, and that will be at noon Eastern. And if you can't hear WRFC where you are, then you can always tune them in on rochesterfreeradio.com. And then on Sunday, you can find the David Bowers Awards at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC on blogtalkradio.com. So until next week, for The David Bowers and all the other crew of morons here at the Radio Ranch, I am yours truly, the lovably legendary John Bon Jovi saying be good to yourselves, love one another, and we'll see you next week right here on The David Bowers Awards.